This episode of Have You Seen is brought to you by two men who haven't done this in a long time and can't remember what films they're talking about. I'll do as an intro. Yeah. Hello, one and all. This is indeed episode 42 of Have You Seen? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Kieran Lefort. The mm-hmm at the other end of the table is Tom <laughs> Webb. Hello. Um, yeah, it's been ages since we've done this, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like it, yeah, because of the way we've recorded the last few. Yes. Yeah. Um, no rabbits. No, no. Uh, we're back, back in the studio. Yeah, back at Upbeat HQ. Indeed. Um, we have films to talk about. People mm-hmm. sent us emails. It's all go. And yeah. this is uh, this is our birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Officially one year old. Yeah, slightly over a year ago, episode yeah. one hit the internet. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It, like, it's, it both doesn't feel that long and it also seems ages away. Like yeah. ages ago. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe we actually got this far. No, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Uh, I can't even... It should it should work out as two per episode, but it doesn't. I, was, I can't work out how many films we've actually covered. No, no, because we've done like... Some episodes have been one. Some, some we've talked about stuff in the cinema, so we effectively cover three movies. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously things with uh, the pitches from listeners, and we've only yeah. done one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to keep track of how many we've done, really, don't we? We do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about some films? Yes, absolutely. What do you want to do? Um, I think we should start with the host. Okie dokie. So you need to recap and I do. remind okay. everyone exactly what that is. Yes, the host is a South Korean monster movie from 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, a monster created by Toxic Waste comes out of the Han River in Seoul and goes on a rampage taking a 13-year-old girl. Her family initially thinks she's dead, but then when they find out she's not, her feisty grandfather, layabout dad, alcoholic uncle, and the thing I had trouble saying last time out, champion auntie... I've done it again. <laughs> Called her an archer. <laughs> Armchair. Armchair. Her champion aunt, archer aunt, aunt also out to rescue her. Yep. Um, it was up until uh, 2008 or 2009 at least, uh, uh, South Korea's biggest grossing movie. Mm-hmm. It sold 13 million tickets, which if you assume is one admission per person, that's over 20% of the country's population went to the cinema to see this film. Yeah. Um, I really like it, and I hope Tom did too. See what he thought. Okay. Um, I don't think I, I outright... I didn't outright love it, but I did enjoy it. Um, That's a start. Yeah, I'll go with that. No, I liked it. There were, there were lots of things I did like about it, and there were a couple of things that kind of disengaged me a little bit, or I, I didn't... I was a bit like, no, that's a bit of a shame. Okay. Um, but the majority of it I, I liked. Um, the things that uh, I didn't like so much mm. are pretty big spoilers for the movie. Fine. Well, so, we always say that you know exactly, everything's yeah. fair game in the review. So if you haven't seen the host and you want to see it before we spoil it, pause, watch it, come back to this point. We'll wait for you. Yeah, MP3s yeah, will wait forever. Absolutely. And it's um yeah. So we will be covering all the major kind of mm-hmm. plot points, reveals, mm. and kind of stuff like that. Um, the main thing that I really did like about it was the monster itself. Because quite often, yeah. movie monsters, particularly in films that might not be the biggest budget, mm. um, can be a bit crap. Yes. And particularly when they're CGI, because um, there's nothing quite so bad as cheap CGI. Yes. It, I, in fact, I'd rather a man in a suit than cheap CGI, yeah, I yeah. think, on the whole. Mm. Um, but this monster was really good. And what I liked about it was that you could see that it was a very intriguing mutation and evolution that's something we talked about um, last time out when I did the pitch. Yeah. Was I said that it's um, it's a believable, it's 
Yeah. A monster caused by toxic waste and yeah. it's a believable mutation of a fish or something. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely there's definitely kind of a mm. You can kind of see where it comes from. It, it almost looks like a, a prehistoric sea creature. Mm. And in terms um, of uh, in terms of the quality, it was outsourced to um, U.S. company The Orphanage, oh, really? uh, based okay, in San yeah. Francisco, and did. Yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned they did hundreds of shots of uh, Sin City. Yeah. Well, most of the Yellow Bastard stuff right. in Sin City they did. Yeah. Uh, and they designed um, uh, Iron Man's head up display. Right. Okay. Uh, all sorts. Of, I think they're. Uh, I think the company's kind of on hiatus. I think it's been shut down. Oh really? Um, but yeah, they've did. Uh, they worked on on like all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and all oh, that right. kind of thing. So yeah, no, some pedigree. I, yeah, I really did like it. And one of the, one of my favourite things about it was how the uh, how how the the creature moved underneath the bridges using its oh, tail it and its arms. And, yeah, yeah, and it kind of does this weird kind of swinging motion, a bit like a spider monkey, mm. which uses its tail as well as its mm-hmm. arms to, to create a really fluid, uh, natural movement. Mm. And when you look at it, you think that's that's the most efficient way for it to do yeah. what it's doing. And it, it worked really well. And it, it kind of... Um, it gives you a bit of menace as well, the way it moves, mm. I think. Um, it's kind yeah, of it does, swinging that's not the way you expect an, no. amph- an amphibious creature to move. No, but it, it kind of, it, even though it's a very intriguing movement where it kind of, you know, it swings, it holds on with its arms, swings its tail underneath, mm. grabs with the tail, swings the arm yeah. underneath. and, and it, But it, yeah, it, it, it's interesting and menacing mm. and kind of it works really really well in terms of the cg effect shots i think uh you're probably gonna uh, say this as well the only thing i think really let it down with some of the shots where it's on fire at the end yes where the fire yeah. effects are utterly dreadful yeah the fire effects aren't that great mm. um i liked the uh the like the kind of the almost the typical what you think of as the godzilla scene with the monster rampaging in seoul at the very mm. beginning with people running and screaming and i really liked all of that i thought mm. that was done yeah that initial well. attack is really good yeah. where uh, where it gets uh where it gets all the people trapped in the container yeah yeah and the two yeah. guys go and like rescue them at the other end yeah and, uh, where they take it on with the signpost yeah yeah all it's all really cool yeah. um and then uh, one of the things i did i did like that pr- precedes all of that is the origin of the 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 monster where you see the the, the American military, military scientist, scientist yeah. saying pour all this stuff away and there's a handful of bottles on the sink yeah and you see he's like pour all that stuff away pour it away and then you see the guy in his uh, in his gloves in his mask and he's pouring this mm. chemicals down the sink and then it just kind of just pans across mm. bottle after bottle after bottle just after bottle and it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds, yeah. and hundreds and it's just like it, it, it's a really nice creepy way of building the scale mm. Um, and then there's a really lovely scene after that where two fishermen are fishing and they actually catch the monster when it's little in the teacup yeah. and then they let and they accidentally let it go because yeah. they don't know what it is and it's little things like that you kind of I like those moments where you go wow if only they'd kept it yeah none of the film would have yeah. happened you know <laughs> that's a bit of really short film yeah exactly yeah um I think overall in terms of the cast the girl the well, we've got the the girl the dad, the grandfather, and the aunt and the uncle. Yes. I think the girl, the dad, and the grandfather gave the best performances out of everybody. Yes. Um, and I think my favourite characters were the girl and the grandfather. Yeah. Um, yes, I could I could have happily just had it being those two. I could just yes. had it have granddad setting off to rescue his granddaughter. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was really good. And our first kind of spoiler of the, the thing is that when the bits where I found myself disengaging a little bit is when the grandfather dies. When does he die? 
Oh, yeah. Which is, well, which is kind of a fair way. That is a fair way, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I kind of got to the point where I was like, uh, I, he was one of the most interesting characters. And then, yeah. and now you're kind of left with the other three looking for the girl. Mm. And it kind of, for me, made the film a little bit weaker. Mm. I would have rather them ditch Get rid of the, the uncle, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of, although he serves a very specific purpose later on. Yeah. Um, they could have worked around that, I think, and, and done it a bit differently. Mm. Um, because I think the aunt was also underused. Yeah. I think they would have been better off ditching the uncle, bringing her to the fore a bit mm. more and making her a better, more interesting character. Um, and then that also led into the fact that I thought the pace was a little bit uneven in places. It is quite an uneven film. Yeah. And that's what I thought the first time I saw it. I, uh, this mm. is one, as I said when I pitched it, that um, I enjoyed far more second time round. First I time round, I, would, I liked actually. it. Yeah. Second time, I really liked it. Yeah, that's where I think mostly, I am with it. <laughs> mostly because I'd completely forgotten about all the comedy. Yeah, and see, there's a, as I said, there's a lot of comedy. Yeah, there. And I, funny enough, actually, I found that the the that was one of the other things I wasn't quite sure about was and and the pacing of it. Some of mm. the comedy moments mm. I find are in really odd places mm. and don't play as funny to me as perhaps they should do. Mm. So, like, there's there's the moment where. They're, they're, they basically go into this uh, kind of uh, holding area where all the survivors of the attack mm. are and they see the picture of the girl. Yes. And that's a really sad moment. Mm. And then they turn it into this over-the-top They turn it into moment. melodrama, then they turn it into comedy. Yeah. And then there's a the moment that comes just after that where the guy comes in, the guy in the hazmat suit yeah. comes in and does this brilliant pratfall. Yeah, And exactly. then gets up like he hopes nobody's noticed. Yeah, see, and it was kind of like that. For me, when they were writhing about on the floor, mm. kind of really overdoing it, I was like, that. that's a bit of a shame. I kind of yeah. feel like, you know, it, it didn't quite play like I, I would have liked to. It does, I, I don't even, it does kind of cheapen the moment a little yeah. bit, but it got to the point where I couldn't help but laugh yeah, at how it, absurd it was. Well, exactly, it was. yeah, yeah. It, it, that's what made it kind of weird for me, I think. Um, I think overall, actually, I would have preferred it if they'd stripped out some of the funnier moments mm. and gone with the tone of something like Battle Royale mm. and made it a bit darker and a bit more intense. Mm. I think that might have really kind of mm, pumped it up a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think um, the one there now getting near, getting nearer to the end of the film, they introduced this thing called uh, Agent Yellow. Yes. Which is kind of this gas that yeah. they're going to use. I, now, I don't know if I missed something. Mm. Is that gas just supposed to kill everything that's living? I th think so. You're so, asking me to remember a film I watched about I know, six I know, weeks ago. I know, I know. Because um, um, what I couldn't quite understand is that that agent goes off and some people start bleeding from their like nose and eyes mm. and they start dying, but our heroes don't. Mm. And I'm kind of like, have I missed something that makes them impervious to it? Is it just, or is it just I a bit? Are they fudging remember. it a bit? I couldn't. I so that I found remember. a bit, yeah. a little bit, kind of like, oh, I'm not really quite sure what's going on with that. Mm. And if you know, if maybe it is it's just eating to... the food at Granddad's kiosk, yeah, just makes well, you, yeah, 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 gives you superpowers. Um, I'm coming to the end of my notes actually. Mm. Um, I tell whole... you, sorry, you go for it. No. Well, no, I was going to say the whole bit because we find out the girl is alive and she's mm. in the lair of the beast. If mm. you like, all oh, well, that stuff is fantastic. I thought that was really good, mm. and you could almost it was almost like. Um, that in itself, if you took all those scenes, would make an amazingly cool short film mm. and like really menacing and, mm. and dark and gritty. So I actually found that when 
big big spoiler here when she dies at the end mm. i was really disappointed yeah i'd forgotten about that because yeah. i remembered there's there's the coda with the kid yeah and i thought it was her i'd forgotten that it's the boy from the other family yeah yeah and i kind of and i was a bit kind of like that's the other that's the other one of my favorite characters they've killed off now yeah. so i'm kind of like i don't know how i feel about that mm. i like i like the fact that they actually did it mm. But I'm still not sure if it was the right <laughs> thing to do. So I was a bit kind of mixed. Yeah. But overall, it's really worth watching. It's a really enjoyable mm. film. And I think it's um, it's uh, a real kind of, um, I don't know, it, it plays a lot bigger than you'd expect it to be. Mm. Well, the budget for it was only $11 million. Yeah, and it feels bigger than that. It does a feel lot much bigger, bigger than, than that. that. One thing that neither of us have mentioned that's just kind of popped into my head that I, yeah. that I really like is actually probably the quietest scene in the film. Mm. The family have found, um, basically just found a storeroom full of food. Oh, that's right, and yeah. And they're sitting and eating and with no, nobody says anything and the girl who they're searching for just kind of appears at the table yes, and eats right, yeah. with them yeah uh so it's like they're imagining eating with her and they just feed her and then yeah. you cut to her and she's sitting imagining like picking at the tiny bits of scraps she can find like it's yeah. like a drip of water isn't it yeah and she's, she's and she's imagining, imagining eating with her family i thought that was a really lovely yeah absolutely see I, that those elements of it i really liked and i i kind of wish it had taken that kind of darker tone for the for the majority of it mm. um but yeah i think overall i, I did really enjoy it and it was, mm. it's definitely worth a watch um but it was just, like i say a little bit uneven and a few little mm. things you kind of like oh, i wish that was slightly different but mm. you know well a couple of weeks ago the first clip for the host 2 appeared oh, online really? so um mm. i shall excuse me i shall link that in the blog yeah um, and it comes, it, it plays the clip, and then it plays a side by side effects breakdown oh, right. afterwards. Right. So you can see where they've had the monster, um, yeah. the cheap methods they use uh, for to show the destruction the monster causes. It's the monster right. chasing um, like a camper van right. uh, uh, down a mountain road. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just things like where the monster's foot is supposed to hit the van and crush it. They just drop a big rock on it from the crane. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. I'll link to it. It's, yeah, uh, that'd be it's good cool. fun. Um, I don't have any funny titles. Right. I don't have any reviews no. of the host because uh, I've got a lot of listener correspondence we've got to get through later and I thought we could cut down on some time by uh, okay. leaving that stuff out. So, right. uh, The Long Good Friday. Yeah, should we power South Korea that? to East London. Yeah, absolutely. Do you okay. want to give us a quick recap while yeah, I find I the do. correct page in my book? Yeah, I will. Um, so, okay, this is, um, again, one of these movies that I've, I'm kind of pitching it to you because it's... Um, it's it's a genre that you and I aren't really that interested in, sort of London gangster movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of bad ones around, and it's the sort of. I think people have cottoned on to the fact you can make these films very cheaply, and they tend, you know, we get a lot of cheap and nasty ones. I'm sure there are some really good ones within that, but the majority of the trouble crap is that there's, there's, a, big, there's it. a big brush that you can tar them tar them all with. Yeah, trying uh, to pick in between pick in between the bristles, if you like, to find the good stuff. Exactly. Is, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not, I don't like the genre enough to to try it. Do you know what I mean? No. I, th I think if you're if you're a fan of horror movies, you quite happily sit through a crap horror movie. Yeah. In the if it might be good. Yes. Whereas I'm not willing to sit it's, through it's a It's in crap. the same way you and I will sit through a terrible kung fu film yes. because there's a really good fight three quarters of the way in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um so what I decided to do was so we you know we can cover the genre and mm -hmm. I would f I would pitch you my favorite of the genre. In fact, which I think is the the defining film of it and probably the best. And I I'm not sure it will get mm -hmm. topped really. Um, 
so it was made in made in nineteen seventy nine, released early in nineteen eighty, I think. Um, and basically, it premiered at the London Film Festival of nineteen eighty. I discovered well, today, yeah, wow. and then was eventually released in West Germany in nineteen eighty seven. Wow, um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's about a London mobster who's trying to get a big do- business deal in place uh, to rejuvenate kind of the Dockland East End area of London, um, which in the eighties was a it was a big thing that was yeah. happening. Oh, down I, there. I remember. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, all the all throughout us. Growing up, I can remember things like the addition of the Docklands Light Railway mm. and and Canary Wharf and all of that kind of stuff. It was really it was a yeah, big, see, big in my in my head. I still don't see Canary Wharf as being finished because I exactly, remember it, that, like, yeah. it was being built throughout the entirety of my childhood. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, over the course of a a, a Good Friday and the, the following Saturday, um, this mobster's empire crumbles around him while he's trying to impress these American uh, businessmen. Um, and he has no idea why he's being attacked. And he basically is trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in his life. Um, our lead is uh, Bob Hoskins, uh, mm-hmm. playing a character called Harold Shand. His um, his gangster's mole, if you like, is uh, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Um, and then there's just a whole host of British it's like, 70s TV It's 70s and 80s talent. TV, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just like every every other frame, you're seeing, oh, that was that bloke from Thingy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I figured this is probably the best London gangster movie. What mm-hmm. did you think of it? Well, uh, I have my own plot synopsis that I wrote down as I went. Right. Okay. okay. A curly-haired gay smuggler's boyfriend is kidnapped. He is then stabbed by James Bond in a swimming pool shower. A Rolls Royce blows up. This makes Bob Hoskins angry. Then a pub blows up. This makes Bob Hoskins even angrier. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> he then spends the next hour kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, much like you and the host, I like this, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I kind of figured that would be the. It, again, this is one of those ones. It was like. This is a good thing that you should see. I'm not sure if you're going to love it or not. Yeah. I thought Bob Hoskins was fantastic. Yeah. And the only person coming close to keeping up with him is Helen Mirren. Absolutely. I Um, agree with that. uh, And getting the wooden spoon is uh, Charlie the American. I don't know what accent he thinks he's doing, (laughs) but I don't think he's American. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was... um, like I said, I was saying that Charlie from Casualty, yes. as the henchman, is also pretty good. He is, and he's. I guess what what for, for you and I, we we know him as uh, Charlie from Casualty. It's it actually, took me ages to work out that it was actually him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we so basically, um, this this guy's Derek Thompson. He plays a character called Jeff in The Longer Friday. Do you know what? I couldn't remember either the actors no, or I the characters. I've just written Charlie from Casualty <laughs> throughout exactly. my notes. Because I mean, for for our listeners abroad, Casualty was a it was a drama. Still is. Uh, well, it still is. A, an hour-long drama, sort of weekend, Friday night was it? It was always Friday night, Friday prime time. Night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was basically like ER, but British, but cheap and British. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Charlie was—he was originally orderly, then he was a nur- then he was like a male nurse, and mm. he was like a yeah, and he was the character that went through the whole thing. The He's Lynch been bin. there yeah, for yeah. years and yeah. years and years, and he like Derek Thompson just made his career that that single role. Yeah. Um, so I think he even of, branched off into Holby City as well, which, yeah, is, the, which is the spin-off show. From absolutely, that. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was really when I first saw this, it was it was really weird getting my head <laughs> around the fact that Charlie from Casualty was an East End gangster. Yeah. But yeah, there anyway, we carry on, keep, keep um, going. Yeah, I mostly ended up just writing down like funny stuff about the terrible fashions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What well, one thing I should quickly recap from last time was the fact that this during the production, it was never quite sure if it was going to go to TV or film. 
and you really can tell you, in some places. You it can, does look can't very you? dated and yeah. very televisual in places. Yeah, and then there are and, other scenes where it's really like, yeah. wow, that's a feature yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, uh, and even at the end, I wasn't sure if it was a setup for the Long Good Friday, the TV series. Yeah, yeah. It it did not. We'll get. To, oh, I guess we'll get to that. But yeah. it just it did not end the way I expected no, it to. No, no. Um, uh, you talked about the music mm. last week. Um, I know the theme. Yeah. And I do like it. Yeah. But I always thought it was the theme to something else. Yeah. And it, I don't know what that something else is. Exactly. It's, it's um, a bit Krypton Factor, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. The music as a whole, I hate it. Oh, really? It's awful. Right. It's obvious. It's yeah. over the top. It's played on entirely the wrong instruments and it doesn't fit the movie no. at all. Well, see, I kind of, I, I know it doesn't fit the movie, but I kind of quite like that, like I the way it fits. It, it was so intrusive. Right. And yeah. I, d- I couldn't I couldn't be doing with it. What was the other film you made me watch that I really hated the music in? I don't remember, but I was looking. I've looked yeah, on the yeah. DVD so there's an option to play it without the soundtrack. Right. Um, almost resorted to just watching it with subtitles. Yeah. Um, Helen Mirren in 1979 looks like Helen Mirren today, but with a wig on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. She's blessed of great genetics, is she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob Hoskins, however. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> I was amazed to see him with hair. Well, a bit of hair. A bit hair. of hair, yeah. yeah. Um, what we got? <laughs> I just ended up writing loads of continuity notes <laughs> for a car that blew up that spectacularly. The rolls, the rolls is remarkably intact when the copper is picking through it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that is a big explosion. <laughs> and again with the pub, that's absolutely. Enormous yeah. Well, for, I mean, the thing is, that's the feature film bit. Yeah, exactly. And they're shooting it in the East End, which was being demolished to be renovated, so they could pretty much because the only things that were around them were builders, mm. so they could pretty much go to town and just like you know. Yeah. Set off massive because nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um when they go and find um what's his name? Errol, the informant. Yes. Uh and Who's they... the dude out of Only Falls and Horses? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mickey? Is it? No, he's no, not Mickey. No, Mickey Mickey was the white what, guy. This is the, the black hat. guy. What's his name? Uh oh, it was Denzel. They're the, they're the Lenny and Den- Carl of yeah, Only Falls. Uh, Denzel. 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 Is it Denzel. Yeah, there we go. Is it Denzel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Denzel. That's right. Um the girl he's bonking is very calm given the situation. <laughs> well, she's supposed to be high, isn't she? She's supposed to be high, isn't she? Because then they make a thing about she's she's on like um, uh, heroin yeah, or something, maybe. isn't yeah, she? Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Re- but she's just sitting there doing nothing. No, while- no, because then he because uh, uh, thingy throws a syringe at her after as they're leaving. Yeah, that's you know, right. He yeah, cleans himself correct. up and throws a um, syringe. At her. Also, getting sliced across the ass with a machete looks no fun whatsoever. No, no. I, that always made me wince. Yeah, oh, every every shot. Yeah. Um, that razors brilliant name for a henchman, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. with a massive scar. Yeah. He looks like a razors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you wouldn't mess with that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, every shot he gave him looked just like extremely painful. Um, <laughs> I've written Britain in 1979 was rubbish. The cool yeah. young dude is a curly haired twat in a horrible suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that would be Charlie from Casualty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I didn't write, like I said, I didn't write many notes because no. I was just sitting and watching it. Yeah. Um, which is good, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just all just stupid continuity stuff yeah. I ended up with. Well, for me, there are two standout scenes we should mm. talk about. Mm. The first one that occurs is the abattoir. Yes, I was going to mention that. That is really good. Yeah, I, I, basically, it's you know, Harold is rounding up all of his kind of uh, counterparts in all of the various gangs and manners of the areas uh, uh, to find out 
if any of them know anything about what's going on. And he or if any of them are responsible. Exactly, yeah. So basically, he sends his boys around with a meat van, they grab them, and they hang them all upside down and just drag them into an avatar. So they're mm. hanging up next to the carcasses mm, yeah, yeah. of all the meat. And, and they basically, he basically goes to town on them and gives them a speech. And mm. uh, that, for me, is kind of the turning point in the movie where you, you've got a lot of the televisual stuff comes before that. Mm. A lot of the stuff which now seems like very, um, very uh, contrived gangster dialogue which then probably wouldn't have been no uh, you know it, it, basically that all of that dialogue is now the template for every gangster movie that's yeah. made after it um that's kind of the the moment where the for me the film really picks up and you 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 suddenly go you're with harold all the way and you're like come on you can you can do this you can beat who's yeah. ever taken yeah, you this down is the, that, that's the point where you start rooting for the bad guy yeah effectively yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah um and what was the other scene the you final scene in the back of the car. Yeah. I kind of... I ended up disengaging with the final act of this a bit. Oh, really? Okay. That's Maybe where I, I pick in. That's either, where I come into either it. Either slightly before or slightly after he bottles and kills Jeff, which is really severe. Yes. I was not horrible. expecting the next no. squirt. No. that's what, <laughs> that, that always makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah. Um yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that at all. No. And it's either, it was either just before or just after that. I kind of stopped paying attention a right, bit. Okay. And then the the ending came and it was just wasn't what I was expecting at all. Right. Um yeah. because he gets in the back of a car yeah. to find that it's not being driven by his driver. No. And Pierce Brosnan pops out the passenger yeah. seat and points a gun at him. Yeah. Well, so basically by that point in the in the story, uh Harold's figured out that due to one of his bods being a bit silly and skimming a bit of money out mm. of a deal with the IRA, which shouldn't have been taken place anyway. Mm. It's the IRA that mm. are bringing him down. Mm. I don't think. I don't think that. Also, I don't think that's made quite clear. No, enough. no, it is or a bit, early enough. No, it is a little bit muddy. I think. Yeah. But, um, and, and basically, uh, Piers Brosnan is his first Irishman. I think. I, th- <laughs> I think that is his yeah. credit. First Irishman. First I believe Irishman. he speaks two words. Yeah. Yeah, in the whole movie, um, and it ba- basically that that scene is the IRA have got hold of Harold, and you assume they are driving him to his execution. Mm. Um, and the way they shot it was they put they put him in the back of the car, they put the camera on him, and the director sat in the passenger seat, mm. and they drove, and the 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 uh, the director read out in order all of the events that had happened to him. Mm. And he just goes through the emotions, and, and he starts to piece it all together in his mind, and oh, he realizes it all. And and I think if you if you've if you've cottoned on to the, all of that plot, all of the plot points, you've actually figured it out. Mm. Which I don't think I did on the first. No, time I don't through. think I did quite either. Yeah. What, so so if you if you understand if you really have followed the plot, you can see the plot of the movie on his face mm. as as he. I did away. think though that those shots go on so long. Yeah. It starts to look like a Family Guy parody. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I could just I just saw Peter Griffin or Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah. There is there's a Simpsons episode where Homer does that, and I can't remember what it is. Really? Yeah. He just like ends up going through a whole contorting his face through a series of uh, yeah and that's what it reminded me of right um yeah that's what yeah. i got really no that's fine it's, that's that's it, kind of as that's that's i don't much. know if i'm in a massive hurry to watch it again no no i haven't i mean this uh, was the first time i'd watched it in a long time mm. and and i have to say given i'd forgotten how tv and a bit 
a bit you know it was at the beginning and and when mm. it was i kind of got to the point where i was like i had i had time to watch the movie i was going to pitch you mm. and i started watching and thinking oh crap this might not be as good as I remember it. And right. then by the end, I was like, no, actually, it yeah. is. You did say that the first 20 minutes are a bit kind yeah, of slow. And that, that, you're right. That is where most of the TV stuff yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I, bit like the, the the bulk of it is is pretty good. And like I said, Hoskins is on storming form mm, throughout. Yeah, yeah. And this 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 was what made him, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think this and then uh, Swiftly followed by Mona Lisa. Yes. Which is a couple of years after. Yeah, yeah. Which I haven't I seen, got it. I got the, the two confused. Right. Because I, when you said the gangsters' mall was Helen Mirren, I thought uh, Helen Mirren's not black, <laughs> 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 and then realised I got the wrong, wrong film. film. <laughs> yeah, so no, I you, what your review is kind of what I was expecting it to be, mm. and I thought it was either going to be like that, which was my good scenario, mm. or you were going to hate it. No, no, I think if it had a better score on it, I'd have liked it more, uh, okay. or at least a score played with proper instruments <laughs> yeah. rather than some twat with a synth and a saxophone. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. love it. Um, uh, this was built in interesting ways around the world. Okay. In France, racket. Okay. In Slovenia, Black Friday for gangsters. <laughs> in Brazil, Hunt the Night. Well, that's quite a cool mm-hmm. title. Norway, Gangster War. Right. That sounds like a, like a modern day London gangster. I know. Movie, and in Sweden... Bloody Good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that one's all in the delivery, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we also have uh, a listener review. Oh, excellent. Uh, into the uh, Have You Seen Inbox Today uh, mm-hmm. podcast at haveyouseen.net. God, it's been so long, I can't remember. I think it's yeah. We'll cover it at the end. Uh, hold on. Tom's going to dig me out of a hole here. Uh, it is... Oh, no, that's the old one. Yeah, hold on. If I turn to the back of my book, I might have the new one. Yeah. Podcast at haveyouseen.net is our email address. Right. And to podcast at haveyouseen.net, Stu Allen sent this. Excellent. I watched The Long Good Friday based on the pictures from the last show and really, really enjoyed it, Woo-hoo! which is good. <laughs> which is good since I didn't have a clue what was going on for the first 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until Harold, played masterfully by Bob Hoskins, interrogates bottles and kills his henchman Jeff that I suddenly realised what I'd seen at the beginning. Right. Okay. I thought one of the major achievements of the movie was making Hoskins' character so sympathetic while not for a second shying away from the criminality and ruthlessness of his gangster character. Yeah, actually, that's that's one thing I do love about this film is it's a very, very difficult like tightrope to walk mm, along that. Yeah. Having someone who is a thoroughly unlikable person be your hero. Yes. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. And mm. I think that's the big downfall of a lot of yes. modern gangster movies. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's go back to um, The explosions and murders of Good Friday have me somewhat uh, guiltily, perhaps, anticipating Harold Shan's revenge the next day. To the point where, after double-crossing the IRA, mem- IRA men at the Banger Racing Stadium, I had a sinking feeling that Harold had, Harold had made a terrible mistake and was out of his depth. Right. His desperate verbal attack of the Mafia was one final act of defiance before his inevitable end. And what an ending. I didn't put a timer on how many seconds we had of Hoskins facing the car at the end, but he appeared to display every single emotion right down to the final crushing acceptance that he was on his final journey. Yeah. The cast was great. As noted, there's a who's who of people who went on to do other roles in British film and TV. Hoskins absolutely dominates, as in capitals, the mm. film. But Helen Mirren's role is surprisingly excellent, as was P.H. Moriarty's understated menace as the wonderfully named Razors. Mm-hmm. And as Tom noted, there's a who's who of people who went on to do other film, things in British TV and film. That's something we didn't mention about Helen Mirren, actually, mm. is that she is never at any point played as the dumb blonde. No, well, that, she plays the dumb blonde. Yes, but yeah, but well, that was something that particularly there's the scene where she finally just confesses all yeah, to the Americans. Yeah, and she's like, 
she knows she, knows she has to do yeah. it. She knows, yeah, she's not dumb. Anybody. No, well, that, that apparently was all Heron, Helen Mirren's doing. Apparently, she was the gangster's Molly mm. in the script, mm. and and she basically turned around and said, "No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Make it better. If you want me to do that, then this is how we should make it better. Mm. This is what she should be like." Mm. And I think that, that that is one of the things that elevates this film. Absolutely. Final paragraph. It may have only just crept into the decade of the '80s, but was very much imbued with an '80s vibe. Of of opportunity and greed and you can clearly see the type of movie that Guy Ritchie has been trying to make ever since a really engaging piece of cinema excellent thank you very much Stu brilliant that was fantastic you can write in more Stu yes especially if you agree with me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have other correspondence from people yeah Um, some of this has been around a bit too long we're only just getting to it Um, Pete Hammond uh, sent us uh, two emails to two different email addresses that I have uh, used my I'm going to use my skill as a podcaster and an editor to uh, kind of compress into one okay Um, I need a swig of something first okay one thing I will quickly mention uh, last thing on the longer Friday is that um, for our foreign listeners Mm -hmm. who don't really know much about London and the 80s and the IRA and everything like that um, there are a lot of bombs and stuff going off in this in this film Mm. and that was actually pretty commonplace in London in the 70s and the 80s Oh, the news. I mean, I can, I can remember being in London and being evacuated out of a John Lewis on a bomb scare. Mm. I, can, I can remember being uh, or talking to... My, my parents used to work in in uh, sort of Hackney and my dad then worked in Greenwich and mm. he had friends who lived that way. And, you know, I can remember them talking about hearing bombs going off and things like that. And, it, you know, it would happen maybe, what, once every six months or so? It was yeah. quite... I mean, it was quite a frequent... It was, and, not, it was never... But it was just—it was never of, the surprise it should have been no, when Trevor McDonald told you that exactly, something else had blown yeah, up or yeah. uh, the police had defused something in London. Yeah, it was usually like or oh, anywhere. Yeah, fact. it was like oh, a car bomb was found here and yeah, it was yeah. defused, and oh, and the IRA or or whoever have have taken responsibility. It's still the for reason we don't have bins on the underground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, or, was, yeah. Quite a lot of public. Quite. A lot yeah, of, um, I mean, I can remember Oxford kind of Street not having bins. Yeah. Uh, it does now, but yeah. yeah, for a long time it didn't. So it's we mean kind garbage of, cans, Americans, yeah. trash receptacles. Yes. Uh, so it was. It was kind of. Um, it's kind of weird that you kind of grow up with that. Mm. Just acceptance that mm. that sort of thing could could happen. Mm. Moving on. Yeah. Pete Hammond. Absolutely. Afternoon, chaps. Hey. Insight into the time of day that the right. man, this man writes his emails. Yeah. After listening to your last podcast, Dead Snow et al. So. It's been, this has been sitting around a little while. Oh, okay. Uh, I felt compelled to watch some cold Nazis and some space Nazis, but more on that later. Okay. I really rather enjoyed Dead Snow and was able to look out for certain bits, the Indiana Jones reference and the outstanding grenade death in particular, thanks to you guys. You gave way enough without spoiling it totally. Okay. Oh, Hooray. Overall, I was quite impressed with the film. Had kind of a Shaun of the Dead feel. Rather perversely, I felt the gore could have been amped up other than... Oh, oh wait, hold on. Let's do that again. Rather perversely, I felt the gore could have been amped up a bit. Other than the large lad fingers in the eyes death, that was rather graphic. (laughs) The one thing I didn't quite grasp was the zombies themselves. For my liking, they were a bit too intelligent, the use of the binoculars in particular, and they seemed a lot more powerful and strong than traditional undead minions. And fast, rather like the infected of 28 days. I prefer slow slow and relentless zombies, but that's just personal taste. Had no real cover your face moments for me, but I'm totally on board with your feelings about The Exorcist. The blood arc in the needle <laughs> in the neck made me feel squeamish there too. Excellent. Not the only one then. I also tried to watch Iron Sky. I can't remember if you've covered this yet, but if not, I'd like to know your thoughts. And if you go back to episode 21, you'll be able to hear our thoughts. Yes, yeah, because we went to see it together. Yes, we did. Uh, the Prince Charles. So, yes, we yeah. did. After I'd seen it in Finland. Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, and I hated it. 
All right, all right. It actually made me angry watching it. <laughs> and it got switched off when the airlock door opened and the girl's, cl- go- girl's clothes got torn off, I think about 10 minutes in. Utter toss. Interesting. He then goes on to say, have either of you chaps seen Cabin in the Woods? Uh, watched it recently, having avoided everything about it, even managing to avoid seeing the DVD cover and TV spots uh, on recommendations of friends. And sorry for cheating on you, other podcast slash reviewers. <laughs> Uh, heard there were amazing plot twists, excellent writing. All I can say is I guessed everything in about the first five minutes. Uh, avoid the rest of this paragraph if you haven't seen it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, rubbish, most disappointing film of the year, other than Prometheus, but don't get me started on that. Right. Anyway, keep up the podcast. Really rather enjoy it. One of the best film-based ones out there. Excellent. Um, I have seen Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I haven't. I don't... It's clever, but I don't like it enough to pitch it to you. Yeah. And you won't like it because it's modern Whedon, and you don't like any Whedon after Angel. No, I don't. No. No. Um, he, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how he's changed, hmm. but there's something for me now that he just do, he, he, whatever he does, it just doesn't yeah. work anymore. It's a shame because there's plenty to it, uh, plenty to enjoy in uh, Cabin in the yeah. Woods. I think, but, I, yeah. but overall, I didn't think it kind yeah. of it plays like um, like a, a feature length themed episode of Buffy or Angel. Right, I think. Okay. Um, now, interesting. I have seen Prometheus, mm-hmm. um, and again, I'm not sure if I'll pitch it to you or not. I don't know. I haven't decided. I don't oh, know if I'm sure. be bothered. I really don't like Ridley Scott. No, that's kind of what I was... I was always oh, a Tony Scott kind of guy and I'm not going to get any more out of him. No, and um, I'll have to say to Pete, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, and I, But you like boring sci-fi. I do, yeah. But I'll... <laughs> I'm sure we'll, I'll probably talk more about it another time. Okay. So... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave my thoughts of why I, I, okay. I liked it until uh, then. In the, in the meantime... Pete, after you've heard that, if you then want to send in a rebuttal, yeah, absolutely, um, do do. I know it's interesting that one divided opinion a lot, hmm. and my overriding feeling from the people I know that didn't like it and the people I know that did like it hmm. tends to be hardcore Alien fans of hmm. the Alien series hmm. hated it. Okay, people who like the Alien films but aren't like massively hmm. into them quite enjoyed it. Okay, uh, and people who know nothing about them probably enjoyed it a bit more okay this so, will probably inspire some hate mail i've never seen any of the alien films now it's interesting because i really like the first one hmm. i'm not so keen on the second one i reckon you'd really like the second one but you'd hmm. hate the first one okay because like you said Maybe the first one's the first one's slow boring sci-fi yeah. the second one's a james cameron action movie yeah. along the lines of terminator yeah, yeah. um the third one and the fourth one probably less mm-hmm. best and then avoided. we get into versus predator yeah 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 versus predator is all right yeah, yeah. entertaining okay. enough um but no yeah prometheus i found kind of interesting enough and, I, and i'll probably again we'll, we'll probably talk about it okay. another time um last podcast i'm on to the last email now okay uh we talked about beyond the black rainbow which yeah. was pitched, pitched to us on facebook by trevor flattery yeah with a one-line pitch which basically said it's a mind fuck. Yeah. So we only knew that and the Netflix description. Yeah. Trevor posted on Facebook with uh, more um, with his reasons. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Because ba- basically, because he didn't really give us a full in depth pitch of what he liked about it, we did ask Trevor to yeah. kind of come back and and kind of you know come back to us because uh, you know we we'd obviously given our thoughts on it. Kieran mm. hated it. I thought it was 
had its moments could have been better mm. um but it wasn't great mm. um so trevor has come back to us he has yes uh i'll say i haven't read this in full before I have. starting okay <laughs> all right he says uh he starts by saying i can't seem to find an email address for you so i'll just facebook this shit all right i wanted to start by saying i absolutely love your podcast i listen to a lot of them but never bother, bother corresponding with them you guys seem so much more down to earth and not up your own asses hooray hooray um anyway enough ego stroking on to beyond the black rainbow <laughs> I did absolutely love this movie, despite its flaws, of which it does have many. I'll say that my opinion is pretty much the same as Tom's. The production design is enough of a victory to overshadow the non-existent narrative and glacial pacing issues for me. <laughs> the parts I dislike are simply mentally discarded, I guess. Now, when I read that line, I thought to myself, that's exactly what I do with Rage Against the Machine. Because I love, <laughs> I love the guitar playing, I love the bass playing, I love the drumming, I can't stand the vocals, so I just ignore them. <laughs> I just tune them out and listen to the to the to the band. Okay, well, that's I a weird. Uh, yeah, I know it was weird, but I but I tried I doing that with Muse, didn't work. Yeah, I know. I immediately got what Trevor was on about, okay. and I can understand how you can do that. Yes, so, no, I I also understand yeah. that. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was also frequently distracted by Barry's uh, facial resemblance to Christian Bale, especially in American Psycho. He always looks like he just smelled a fart and he wants to make someone pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that until I read that, but you're no. right. Uh, personally, I feel like certain things that could be looked at as flaws may have been intentional in an effort to convey characters' viewpoints or emotions, but I could just be trying to make excuses for a movie I'm apparently alone in loving. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they didn't explain... Every, uh, sorry, I'll start again. I like that they didn't explain anything. Not everything, anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> Because it made me feel smarter when I watched it subsequent times and pieced it all together. There are many visual clues, but they are provided in such a low-key manner that, that they may not be obvious the first time. Once you've watched it and have the questions you're bound to have, a second viewing does more than expected. Basically, almost all of the things you hated about it are reasons I love it more. <laughs> I do want to mention these things specifically. One. I think the whole facility is kind of like the facility in Firestarter. I haven't seen that. No, I haven't seen no, that either. In the flashback to 1966, Barry is clearly doing acid before he takes a trip in his own private tar pit. <laughs> in the 60s, they did lots of psychedelic experiments on humans, including children. They subjected her to tests as an infant and held her captive for more tests. Wait, this isn't Barry. This is the girl. Okay, yeah. fine. Okay. Uh, I think that's why the girl has telekinesis. I'm not saying it makes sense, but that's the sense I've made of it. Yeah. Well, on a note on that, I remember studying, when I studied psychology at A-level, mm. uh, we learned about some of these experiments mm. they did. And one of the most famous ones, I think was done with, I think it was the British Army, actually. They thought that they could use LSD as a stimulant to make soldiers better soldiers. Mm. Um, so they just get, they gave a troop of soldiers LSD and sent them on a training exercise and all they did was sit under trees and giggled. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard about yeah. that before, yeah. Um, two, I also hate the demise of Barry, but I do think <laughs> she did something mentally to trip him up. It was just not edited very well. Yeah, I think that might be the mm. case as well. Three, I think Barry was jealous of the girl. I think he was effective neg affected negatively by the acid he took and never really recovered from it. He doesn't understand why the black goo gave a telekinesis and just gave him early onset baldness and fucked up eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would also like to add that while I wasn't exactly off my face on drugs, I certainly wasn't sober. I don't do psychedelics, so I don't really think that that, that that had an effect on my viewpoint of the film, just a bit of herbal assistance. I'm not sure I should have read that out. Um, this movie almost seems like a cautionary tale about LSD. The phone call Barry received had to have been a hallucination because they reveal afterward that the phone isn't even hooked in. Do they? I don't remember that. It probably took him about 10 minutes to do it. <laughs> Ignoring that, he just seems like he's not all there mentally, especially so for being a psychiatrist. Where the fuck did he go to medical school? The moon? 
I wasn't trying to play a joke and was pretty certain you wouldn't think it was the best film ever, but it's certainly a film that sparks discussion among film lovers. If you have any nagging questions that, if answered, may change your opinion on the movie, let me know. I'm pretty sure I've got what little plot there is figured out. And if you think you have what it takes, just watch it again. There are more answers uh, to be had than questions on second viewing. This review is not even worthy of being called a review. It was written while simultaneously listening to your re- your review again, so I hope it's coherent. I'm much better at discussing movies face-to-face than I am writing about them. Well, um, I, I will say I'm quite happy, uh, Trevor, do write in again and yes. pitch us more movies and do correspond with us because um, we do enjoy interaction and we're always happy to take pitches regardless of the outcome, whether we like yes. it or not. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that that film has given me one of the highlights of doing this podcast. Uh, which didn't happen on one of the recordings, but it happened when we watched it, and it was at the very end. <laughs> the Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> when the Buckaroo Banzai, <laughs> when the quote from Buckaroo Banzai came on the screen, it just said, "No matter where you are, or wherever you go, there you are." And just Kieran's face and reaction to that was priceless. And I thank you for giving me that moment, Trevor, because it was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, I hate you, picture movie. <laughs> right. Okay. So I'm going to pitch you. A film. Funnily enough, we've talked about Alien, the Alien films this right. already. Uh, I'm actually going to pitch you a film by someone who's directed one of those movies. Um, right. He directed the worst one. Right. Uh, Alien Four: Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Jean-Pierre Jeunet. It is. Ah, oui. Uh, without, with or without Mark Caro. Ah, uh, what? With or without Mark Carroll. Uh, without. Okay. Because they were a directing partnership. They yeah, did uh, Delicatessen and City of Lost Children. Yes, yeah. I've seen City of Lost Children and I like it. Okay, well, I haven't seen that. Okay. I have, in fact, Alien Resurrection, I think that's what it's called. It is Resurrection, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the Alien film. 4, the shit one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, no, the, the even shitter one. Okay. <laughs> uh, the film I'm going to pitch you now is the only other film of his I've seen. Okay. Um, and it's a film I meant to watch for ages. Mm-hmm. It happened to be on TV a couple of weeks ago. And I saw the first 10 minutes of it and it was like one o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. I, thought, I can't, I can't stay up to watch all of this film because you know, I've got to get up for work mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. But that first 10 minutes alone was enough for me to order the Blu-ray straight away. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pitch you a film called Mick Max. Okay. Um, I remember this coming out. I don't remember much about it. No. And it was also recently on Netflix and it disappeared before I got to watch yeah, it. So yeah. I do, I do yeah. want to see it. Well, I have the Blu-ray for you. Excellent. Um, it's, uh, I'm going to try and give you as broad a plot synopsis as possible. Okay. Um, it looks weird and French. It is weird and French. Awesome. Um, so, basically, the, the simplest way I can describe the plot without giving too much away is that uh, our lead character, Basil, suffers two traumatic events in his life. I love that he's called Basil. That's yeah. enough for me. Uh, both of those events are at the hands of weapons manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Two different weapons manufacturers. And one day he discovers that they are two basic, basically they're arsenals that are opposite each other. And um, through based because of those traumatic events, he ends up homeless and living with a band of weirdos. Mm-hmm. So they all band together to take down these two weapons manufacturers. Of course. And that's ba- the basic plot. Okay. The only way I can describe it effectively is it's like it's like Terry Gilliam has done a mashup. Of Ocean's Eleven and Panico Village. Oh yes, <laughs> which and, and seriously, that's the only way I can describe it. it I'm, is, I'm all in. I'm not. I'm not going to read you too many of the notes I've written down. Fine. They're, they're points Fine. for discussion when we come back. But 
I absolutely loved this film. And, mm. you know, like, like Long Good Friday, I pitched it because I thought, this is a genre we should cover. This is the best example mm-hmm. I can show you. You may not like it, but I think it's worthy of discussion. Mm-hmm. This one, this is one that I really hope you like. Okay, I really hope you enjoy. Okay, um, I like I like Terry Gilliam. Yeah, I like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, uh, and I I pretty much liked uh, uh, Panic of Village. Panic of Village. Yeah. Yes, it's it's got all of those elements. It's got that Gilliam esque right. The, you know, like Fisher King and Brazil and mm. all those really elaborate sets mm. and kind of it's got all of that and it's. It's just weird in places. Mm. It's, there's some really funny stuff in it. But it, one of the other films we've covered recently that I kind of can draw com- a comparisons to is uh, Blazing Saddles mm-hmm. because it's a very funny, silly film mm. that's got quite a serious message to mm. it in, in real terms. Mm. Um, and they also they also steal a gag from Blazing Saddles. Um, <laughs> but they do it in a very different way, which is really, it works really, really well. Okay. So I'll see, see if you can spot it. You should be able to. It's pretty okay. obvious. Um, one of the other things I like is it's quite self-referential. Mm. Uh, so uh, you'll see the DVD case of the film in like the video <laughs> shop and, and there are billboards for the movie in the film. <laughs> okay. So it's got this kind of, w- this weird little play mm. on things. Um, there's some, and there's just this bizarre host of characters. Mm. Um, I'm not going to try and butcher any of the names because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm French isn't my particular strong point. Okay. Um, oh good, you're going to leave that to me next week. Yeah, absolutely, Marvelous. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's, there's like a, a there's one, actually, there's one guy in it, Omar, Omar Sy, who's recently been in a film that was highly acclaimed called Untouchable, I believe okay. it's called. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he's in it, but doesn't have a massive part, but he, he's he's very mm-hmm. good. Um, there, there's a this crazy extortionist, uh, contortionist woman, not extortionist. I suppose she's an extortionist. <laughs> kind of, a, but no, a contortionist. And then, then there's loads of those. Lovely, I now just want to make a film about an extortionist, <laughs> contortionist. Yeah. Um, but there's it's got that wonderful kind of. French play on uh, really kind of silly sight gags mm. happening all around, and uh, you know, um, it you can see influences from things like Jacques Tati and, mm. and Buster Keaton and that kind of silent comedy mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It, it's ju- I just absolutely loved this film, uh, and the some of the final scenes are just absolutely brilliant. It's when you're watching it, you just think, I wish. Like I, I know my brain can be quite odd mm-hmm. when I'm thinking of ideas for films and things like that. I wish I could be as odd as this. But I just kind of, <laughs> I, it's kind of like I wish I could be that odd and this clever yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's some, there's something about it that makes it. I, I think is really special. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just absolutely loved it. So I really hope you enjoy this. Excellent. That's it. Well, what I've got for you couldn't be much further removed. All right. Um, a genre classic. Mm-hmm. A cinema classic, in fact. I right. imagine there is nobody in this world who does not know of this film okay. and doesn't know of one particular scene within this film. Right. And it came up in conversation a couple of weeks ago that neither of us have seen it. Right. So I watched it. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Okay. You're getting When Harry Met Sally. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I. Now, we've done this before. It's like rom coms is a genre that we're mm. like. You know, unless no. it, unless there's something really different about it, I probably Shall won't we watch dance it. it. Shall we dance yes. it? I love you, man. Yes. You know, yeah. there's there's a few that, but they're very specific twists mm. on on the mm. thing. So okay, this isn't this isn't the twist. This is the template. This is where it comes from. Yeah, uh, and it's brilliant. Okay, I think. Um, 
it's Nora Ephron writing, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Reiner directing, yeah. uh, and the leads are Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, basic plot, 1977, yeah. and Sally, played by Meg Ryan, gives her friend's older boyfriend, Harry, played by Billy Crystal, a mm-hmm. ride home to New York from university in Chicago. Right. Uh, she's... Uh, happy but uptight mm-hmm. uh, and he's funny but boorish and a bit of a depressive right um on the drive he posits the theory that uh and this is a quote men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way mm-hmm. uh, and no man could be friends with a woman he finds attractive right uh he always wants to have sex with her they bump into each other a couple of times uh over the years but then 10 years later we join up with them again after harry's wife has left him uh they strike up a friendship and put the theory to the test okay you know where this is going to end up from the start. Yeah. It's the journey that's fun, not the destination. A bit like Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. But without I think, fighting. Yeah. Martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want to spend time with these people and right. you want them to get together because okay. they're both great. The, the, I think this is these two are both at the peak of their powers. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher play their best friends mm-hmm. uh, and they're really good support as well. Right. Um, uh, I always uh, Bruno Kirby is one of the people that always I always forget how funny he is in mm. Spinal Tap, mm. and and he kind of you know and he kind of you kind of remember he's there but you never remember how good he is in that. Yeah, um, it's a pretty good look at uh, the psychology of men and women and relationships right. in general. Um, there's stuff I'm not going to give away there. Yeah. What else? Um, that f- that famous centerpiece scene mm. it is still funny right even before you get to the punchline yeah uh and the punchline is the only line that the person delivering it has ever spoken on screen right am i right in thinking that's rob reiner's mum yes estelle yes. reiner yeah yes. yeah i thought it so was so she yeah. gets she gets a line to conclude one of the most famous scenes in cinema history yeah and, she's uh, only and it's the done. only line she's ever spoken wow. in front of a camera that's that's quite a cool uh um, thing to to have to your name really, yeah isn't it? yeah uh she died a few years ago and right. just that clip was just on a loop yeah. on every news channel uh speaking of on a loop i could probably watch this on a loop really uh the first time i watched it i almost just went back and watched it again and oh, then yeah. uh then I watched it because I decided I'm going to pitch it. So I watched it again to make notes. Yeah. Uh, and when it got to the end, if it hadn't been one in the morning, I would have just started it again. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, the writing is brilliant yeah. uh, and it's delivered by mm. people who know what they're doing. Billy yeah. Crystal in particular, I mm. think is really, really good. Because mm. he, he can be a bit, can go slightly over the top and mm. a bit hit and miss. So be, Not remotely here. He's, oh, it's good. completely yeah. kind of. Because you said it's written by Nora Ephron because she, she died quite recently, didn't she? she yes, yeah. she did. Yeah. Um, it's kind of based on um, Rob Reiner after his divorce. Right. Harry is based on Rob Reiner right. after his is that, divorce. Is that and from Penny Marshall? Yes. Right. Yes. And he, uh, a lot of stuff is based on, because he and Billy Crystal are big mates. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of stuff in it is based on or direct lifts from stuff they would do. Right. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's good. Because it, yeah. it's nice when you get that kind of grounding into something like mm. that. Yeah, one thing Rob Reiner can never be accused of is fussy direction. No, he's just plonk the camera down, let Hello, it play go, out, and yeah. he does that often in like just yeah. single shots. Mm. Uh, long, there's a lot of long takes and stuff, yeah. and there's uh, a minimum of two laughs in every scene. Right, the stuff, uh, just everything from yeah. sight gags to clever witty witticisms. It's just yeah. Now we've done a couple of Rob Reiner films. 
Yes. We? Well, a few good men. Yeah. Have we and, done another one? Uh, I don't know if we covered any other. We talk about we we We've pitched to, we told everybody else to have to go and watch the Princess Bride. That's right. Yeah, that's but true. But just like Rob Ryan is a, a pretty uh, is a yeah. solid hand. Because you haven't seen Stand by Me, have you? I have not. Okay, because I keep that's one I keep seeing on my shelf, thinking oh, I might do that this week, and then I think of something else, and I, I haven't, so I might get around to doing that soon. Okay. But um, th- now we've we've spoken about it before. Mm. He can go a bit, a little bit schmaltzy, a bit sentimental. Does he do that with this? I can imagine. This, it- this is one of the things I don't like. It. This is the prototype romantic comedy. Right. It's the um, it's the template yeah. upon which everything else has been built since yeah. this was uh, released in 1989. Right. Um, and what I like about it is that it's it is romantic it is funny yeah um but it's n- at no point is it saccharine or schmaltzy right, or s- sentimental even did, did he do uh, american president no i don't know i'm sure we've covered another one of his a few good men yeah and that was sorkin reiner yeah. was, was american president sorkin reiner it might have been it might have been. I'm not sure. I'm we'll check. Uh, you get on to if, I, if I see if I can, I'm not sure I've got enough. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's enough. Uh, that's as much as. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, it, I, again, it's one of those movies that I just, you know, I remember, I remember it coming out when I was a kid, and people talking about it. But obviously, like I was, you know, I think everybody, it came out talks, I was, everybody talks about that famous scene. Yeah, I think I was and, like, um, six when it came out. But um, you, were, you were six in 1989. Was it 1989? Yeah, I, I was nine then. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, yeah but it's a um, it kind of mostly because of the stuff Meg Ryan ended up doing afterwards. I personally kind of wrote it off. Yeah, and I, I think really I've done the of, same. Yeah, because it's like. A, um, but I'm really glad that I eventually twenty something years after it got released, yeah. finally got around to watching it because it's just yeah, it's it's a fantastic screenplay directed and performed probably as well as it could be. Right. Um, and it's just it's. I think it's slotted into the list of my favourite movies just on two viewings. Wow, that's yeah. good. Uh, he did indeed direct The American President. Oh, there we I go. knew we'd covered another one. There we go. Yeah. So it's Rob, Rob Reiner directs Nora Ephron as opposed to Rob Reiner directs Jokes William Aaron's, Goldman or Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hooks up with some good people, that guy. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. 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 Right, I'm done. Yeah, I think I am too. Yes. Um, uncommonly for this show, we're going to be back next week. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. For uh, uh, the last show before Christmas. In fact, our last show of the year. Yeah, it will be, yes. So I guess, as well as the pictures, we should talk about our favourite stuff we've seen. Yeah, I was try- we were talking about doing a top five. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I I worked out, I think I've only seen 12 films that actually got released this year. Okay. I've seen 19. Yeah, mm. I'm struggling to get a top five out like, like that I really loved out of that. That's okay. why I said well, that's we fine. might end up talking about Prometheus, because at the moment that's kind of there by default. <laughs> okay, well it doesn't have to be five, we can just no. talk about you know, the ones you've really loved. I yeah. I, do you know what, It's I don't think it was as good a field as last year, I don't think where I had seven actually. movies in my top five. Yeah. I think I can scrape a five. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think what I, what I might do is, because my list is so short of movies I've actually seen, mm. I might just go through and go, I didn't like that, I didn't like that, I didn't like that. These are the ones I did like and this is why. So you know what I'm comparing yeah, it to. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, we should do that definitely. Okay, cool. We'll do that. Um, if anybody else wants to contribute to that, yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be good. I mean, we we do have a few regular contributors, mm-hmm. so you know, like you know, Trevor or Pete or Phil Austin or Stu or whoever you know. Just yep. if you've got an if you if there's one, we do mo- some women, women, right to the that's, show. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, if you um. If you've got one standout movie of the year, why don't you let us know what it yeah, was? Yeah, just give us and a little paragraph on your favourite movie of the year. And then if we haven't seen it, maybe we can track it down. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, do you want to know how you can do that? I should probably tell them how they can do that. That would be a good idea. If it's short, you can do it on Twitter, at HYS Podcast. Yeah. Um, if you like us, you can do it on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. We have a blog, haveyouseen.net, which if I get any time over Christmas, I might actually like poke about and spruce up a little bit. Yeah, we need, we do need to do something like that. It's, the trouble is we just don't have time. No. We've just about got enough time to watch the movies record the show, really, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, and it's going to be a struggle for me before we have to record the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we've got to turn it around quite quickly. Um, and finally, probably the best way to do it is send us an email. As our yes. lovely correspondees did today. Yeah, absolutely. As Pete accidentally did twice to two different email addresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Trevor intended to do it, couldn't find email Yeah, address. there we go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Trevor, if you want to send us another one, and yeah. anybody else who's listening, it's podcast yeah. at haveyouseen.net. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on, you thought you were going to say something. No, I was I was just on that last night. I was going to say, you know, really do please send us more pictures because we do quite enjoy doing those. Yeah, it's, and it's to be fun. honest, I'm running out of DVDs here. <laughs> do you know what? Right, hang on. Let's do this now. Do you know how bloody hard it was to find a copy of When Harry Met Sally? No, really? We we work right next to the flagship HMV on Oxford Street. Yeah. Didn't have one. You're kidding me. They don't have it. Nope. Uh, I live in Watford, which is a reasonable sized town. Yeah. Um, I went to the HMV there. Didn't have it. You're joking. I went to Computer Exchange looking for a second-hand copy. Didn't have it. I eventually found it in a sub cash converters porn style shop that's right. p-a-w-n not right. p-o-r-n yeah um you know sell us your old crap for yeah dirt cheap i wonder yeah. why the why is it stank of cheese <laughs> 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 but i managed to get it for 99p wow so how the hell what has it been like dis- deleted? i think, I think are they the gonna- blu-ray is out soon but to be honest, this is not worth no, high definition. No. Um, yeah, the Blu-ray's out soon. I wonder if it had been deleted. I mean, it, it's not even up. Like, I mean, if I could understand it if it was coming up to 20 years, mm. but it's not. No, no, but it's not available on Netflix, US oh, it's or over UK. 20 years, isn't it? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. 2013 will be 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. it, it wasn't available on Netflix, US or UK. I don't know about Love Film because I don't have that anymore. No. Um, I, yeah, it was just impossible to wow. track down. Um, That's crazy. HMV told me, oh, we're getting six copies in, but uh, we don't really know when. We've wow. got six on order. We don't know when they're coming in. That's so crazy. I mean, that... And that's the big one. That's the flagship. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I mean, that's like your... It is your quintessential rom-com, walk, isn't it? I can walk I mean, into HMV and buy any number of god-awful Danny Dyer films <laughs> or, <laughs> you know... Pretty much anything you want, but yeah. I cannot go and buy the classic romantic comedy. That's insane. I was amazed when I actually finally managed to get it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I'm glad I only spent a quid on it. Yeah, that's, yeah you know, absolutely. that's even better. I but, mean, I can remember just thinking, oh, I'd, I'd quite like to get hold of Panico Village and just walking there. It is, get that, yeah. fine. Oh, you know, any yeah, kind of crazy, kind of like um, Flashpoint. They got that on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, it's just like, well, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. We haven't done a Donnie Yen film for a while. Let me no, put that in the way. <laughs> yeah. pan. All right. We should do the thanks and get out of here. We should indeed. Uh, the thanks go to uh, Upbeat Productions uh, for the use of this studio, which through our judicious use of the radiator is far warmer than anywhere else yeah. in the building right now. Yeah, we need to remember to turn it off. Here. Indeed. Uh, and of course to Alexia Mum, who is never mm-hmm. cold because he has an amazing beard. And yeah. He's our, uh, our technical wizard. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we shall see you. Well, you're not going to see you. I'll see him. Yeah. And he'll see me because yeah. that's all we see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week when we'll be talking about. I've forgotten already. God, I'm tired. <laughs> We're going to talk about when Harry met Sally and Mick Max. We are. And yeah. uh, probably our 
2012 favourites as yes, well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can nip to the cinema and squeeze another one in before. Then. I was going to, but I don't have time. No, there's don't two. Mo- time. We'll talk about it next week. There's two movies out now that I really want to see. The same two. They probably are the same two, but I bet I, they are. even when I turn the mics off, I'm not going to tell you. No, no, uh, but I bet they are. The and same we'll talk two. about we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's enough of this hash of an outro. Uh, absolutely. We'll go home yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.